it's probably overkill for a small shop, but I'm not thinking small shop. I'm thinking down the road. Is it scary? Yeah. I mean, anybody would be lying if they told you, of course it's scary. But when you surround yourself with good people, mentors, business coaches, you know, whatever it may be, and go based on a track record of success and knowing like, look, I did it. When you look at it like that, you're like, I got this. In law school, attorneys are taught to challenge everything, tear things apart, break them down. But the qualities that make lawyers great can be some of the worst for running a business. At every stage of growth, running a business and practicing law can feel overwhelming. And what happens when you try to add life and family to the mix? It can feel nearly impossible. You don't have to do this alone. I'm Maria Monroy, co-founder and president of LawRing, a leading SEO agency for ambitious law firms. Each week, we hear from the industry leaders on what it really takes to run a law firm, from marketing to manifestation. Because success lies in the balance of life and law, we're here to help you tip the scales. Kenny Habits is a fierce advocate for his clients and has earned a spot in the multi-million dollar advocates forum. He has practiced law since 2009 and less than a year ago, he took a leap he opened his own firm, Kenny Habits Injury Law. Today, he shares his experience as a seasoned attorney and offers advice on how to successfully launch a firm. Kenny explains how he built a support network of heavy-hitting attorneys as mentors and why small firms need a strong foundation of systems and processes from the start. Kenny is from a small town in Southern Louisiana He grew up working on a farm where he learned the values that shaped the man he is today. Ever since I was a kid, I've always had a job. Worked on the farm with my uncle when I was very small. Worked through high school and college, working on, you know, rice, crawfish, soybeans, stuff like that. It gave me the values, you know, the work ethic, the values. And if you work hard and you put your mind to it, you surround yourself with good people, you're going to be successful. I mean, it, it all goes back to hard work. So small town, went to LSU. You know, go Tigers. And uh, then, you know, started practicing law. And I think my first case, I was still in law school. Like, we had a, um, I think I took a real estate class. And the grade was made up of 50% on the midterm, 50% on the final. Equals your final grade, right? Well, I got that. And everyone to class. Took the midterm, took the final, made an A. But the teacher said, no, I never saw you in class. You get a B. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not going to mess up my grade. Like you're, the syllabus said 50, 50, you know, whatever it is. So I appealed it and went to the board, you know, and, whatever, and I won. I got my A. And so that's, really? that, was my, that was like my first case I was in, you know, college. And, uh, you know, so it, was, it just kind of started from there. And, and I just like helping people. And, I, and thought about going to med school, this and that. And I'm like, well, that's like 12 years, if you want to be honest, you know, 12 yeah. years. I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. So went to law school. Loved it. You know, I really, you know, I'd, I'd go back to law school today because it was like I was surrounded with a lot of, you know, great people, had fun, learned a lot, and um, kind of where I am now. What was your first job out of law school? Oh, I clerked for a judge, district court judge in, in uh, back home, Opelousas. It was phenomenal experience. I mean, I learned so much. It was great. I mean, I owe a lot of credit to Judge Doherty. He was amazing. And after that? After that, I went to work, uh, fortunately, I went to work for a, a PI firm uh, doing single event, car crashes, workers' comp. And how long did you 
did you work there? Uh, 12 years, I think, to the day, actually. Okay. And now you're running a, a business. Yeah. I mean. Did you learn how to run a business during your time at the firm? Yeah, my whole firm, I did. Uh, I did a lot of the marketing, the business, the HR, the kind of, I guess I was managing the firm without that title kind of thing, but I was spending a lot of time doing those things. What made you take the leap? I knew I could do it better. And more importantly, I knew I could do it better for my clients. Every decision I've made from when I started practicing law is what's the best decision for Kenny's client? And if you can answer that, you know, in no matter what it is, you'll be successful. You'll stay out of trouble with the bar. You'll have happy clients. You'll have repeat business. You know, that that's how I've operated in everything I've done is what's the best decision for Kenny's client. And that's part of the reason why, I mean, that is the reason why I left is because and starting my own deal is, you know, I can do it better and provide a better service to Kenny's clients. What do you mean when you say you can do it better? I think no matter what the business is, if it's law, if it's a doctor, if you're, you know, eyelashes or Botox, whatever it may be, it's at the end of the day, you're providing a service to your client or customer, patient, and customer service is priority number one for me. So did you feel that your past firm didn't have the best customer service? No, I wouldn't say that. Everybody tries. Everybody, you know, I think has good intentions. And that's not enough though. I mean, what if it's like, if I told my clients we tried, they would be like, yeah, I don't think so. You know, I think that being able to systematize it is the most important thing is doing the same thing over and over the right way, you know, building systems and processes and procedures to make sure nothing falls through the cracks, make sure that every person gets the, you know, white glove treatment. Like I may have a bunch of clients, but I want each client to feel like they're the only client I have. And that's a, that's a struggle. I mean, it's hard. It's tough, but that's the focus that I have. And that's part of the reason I went out on my own and did my own thing is so Kenny's responsible for this, you know, like success or failure, it's on me and making sure that my clients are treated the best. I mean, cause the book of business that I have is so many repeat clients, families, referrals, personal referrals, professional referrals. That's where, you know, my bread and butter business is. And I know I put the time in of making sure that, you know, the clients are treated properly and, you know, going above and beyond on even the small case, the small case, the big case, it's like stuff people don't want to handle. Like I did because I knew that it would pay off tenfold, you know, down the road and helping somebody when nobody else would help them. Got it. Now you mentioned that you saw holes. So when you say you saw holes, did you feel like, well, I can fix them and fill them, but why not just do it for my own firm? Why not just start clean and do this correctly? Yeah. So that's the big thing. Like it's tough fixing problems. And, you know, I, you know, I laugh all the time, like my wife and she said, what did you do today? Fight fires. You know, it's like if I fires, we can do this the right way from scratch. We're not fixing 30 years of problems or, you know, bad processes, bad procedures and things like that. We can start from scratch and build the best law firm based on the best client customer service from scratch. 
you've had the firm for a few months. What have those few months looked like? Like what have you been working on besides taking care of your current caseload? It's tough starting, you know, as a solo. It is. And and I encourage anybody that that has that opportunity or thinks about it, do it. You know, it's a struggle because you're pulled in so many directions. Because you you obviously have to maintain the practice of law, number one. So you've got that aspect of it. Well, then you've got, you got to find an office. You've got to get furniture. You've got to get, you know, a phone number, a website. Uh, you know, it, there's so many other things to where you're pulled in a million different directions all at one time while you're taking the leap of, oh my God, I'm going to go on my own and I got to be able to pay, you know, payroll. I got to be able to pay the rent and the light bills and things like that. But most importantly with, with that is you can do it and surround yourself with smart, talented people to help you get there. And, you know, I've been blessed with mentors, you know, friends, family, my wife, everybody's just, you know, super supportive. And when I tell people, hey, I'm on my own, I started my own thing, and they've never been more excited. Like, that's amazing. Like, congratulations. How can I help? You know, that's a big deal, I think. Even in my competition, you know, I mean, people that I compete with locally, they're like, need anything? I'm there to help you. You know, I think that's a, that's a big deal. So in the legal community, it sounds like you have a support system. How did you build that? Because I think a lot of lawyers are scared to network and kind of to reach out and maybe they feel like their competition isn't going to help them. So how, how did you do that? I think you got to ask for it. You got to build friendships and relationships. And I think that, and I've told people before, being a solo startup or being somebody that's doing $75 million a year in you know revenue, like we can each learn something from each other. Like, so I think that you just got to ask if you don't, your squeaky wheel gets the grease I, and, and be vulnerable and say, I need help. Or like, I don't know how to do this, or I haven't thought about this. You've done it. How can you help me? And I think that learn from others' mistakes. You know, like somebody that's done it before, they'll say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. This didn't work. This didn't work. Don't do that. You know, and I think that's important. So was it just intuitive and easy for you to ask for it and to create these friendships? Because I know that that's not the case for everyone. I think you and I are both similar and we're like-minded, but a lot of people are not. And they think that if they reach out, People are going to turn them down. So in order to be able to learn from someone else's mistakes, you got to hear what those mistakes were, right? Yeah. You got to be willing to listen. A lot of people want to tell you how great they are, but I can see how great people are. Don't, I don't want to hear about how great you are. I want to hear about where you, where the missteps were, where the failures were, where the problems were, because that's where you really learn. I mean, you know. Um, but were you afraid to ask? No. You can't At be. All. You can't be afraid to ask. You ha I mean, you have to. I mean, no. I mean, how are you going to get help if you don't ask? I, I, I don't know. You, you can't. Like, you know. Maybe someone just shows up magically. No. No, no they don't. No, no. You no. got to ask for it. You got to work for it. So this yeah. is this is a theme that I, I hear a lot, this idea of networking. And I know a lot of lawyers that, for instance, won't go to conferences because they think that, A, there's nothing for them to learn, which I would argue, and you said this yesterday, you're like, the learning happens during these like after hours when you're having 
dinner with a group of people and you're, you know, sharing things, right? hundred percent. Like you're going to, you're going to learn something at a conference. No doubt. I mean, people put on these conferences and they're great. And, you know, I always believed if you could take one, two, maybe three of your lucky things back home and implement them, that's a success. But the most important thing is, you know, the cocktail hour after or the dinner or the, you know, just, Hey, at lunch, where are you from? How you doing? Like, what do you do? And it, that's where the value in these conferences are, is just the networking and the people you meet. I mean, from across the world, different, even different practice areas, whether it's family law or personal injury, you know, just how they do things differently. And you've always got to be willing to learn. I mean, you can't stop learning, at least for me. I mean. No, I agree with you. Absolutely. And also not being afraid to ask, right? Yeah. And just to make those connections. How long have you been doing conferences? Uh, let's see, probably a year and a half, two years, maybe. So not even that not long. Not even that long. I mean, and you know three, so four. many people already. I do. What's that been like for all those lawyers that are curious about conferences? What has that been like for you? Oh, it's been great. It's rewarding. I mean, like I've got a network of people across the country, you know, and, and, and again, it goes back to not being afraid. If you go to a conference and you sit at a table with either somebody you just, the only person you know, or with nobody, like you're not gonna get anything out of it. Like you have to be able to get out there, shake hands, meet people. Hey, where are you from? What do you do? Like it, that's the benefit. And if, you, it, if you're not gonna do that, stay home, work well, on your business. Were you intimidated? A little bit. I mean, in the beginning, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so at, was I, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, you're like, man, I don't know all these people. They've got successful firms and, you know. And everybody they, seems to have like their click. Everybody's got their click. Everybody's got this. And and so it's it's difficult. But then once you finally say like, okay, like, look, it's they're not going to bite me. You rip that shell off and you just go in for it and, you know, make it a point to meet new people all the time. Because you never know like who, what kind of relationship you can build, how they can help you, how you can help them, the referral partner, stuff like that. I mean, it's... it's No, the value is endless. Now, when did you know it was the right time to start your own firm? Like, what was that moment where you were like... Because I know so many lawyers that really just need to go off on their own and they're not doing it. So tell me, what was that moment for you? Man, uh, you know, I learned... I'm old firm. It was great. I mean, I learned a lot. I'm fortunate to have been blessed with that opportunity. And, and you know, I learned a lot as a lawyer. And I guess the, the easiest thing, and I, I laughed about this the other day, when there's too many cooks in the kitchen, Kenny's not going to let someone else control his future. Kenny's going to do that. I'm going to sink or swim based on what Kenny does and the people that I surround myself with on my team. Because it's, it's not just Kenny. I, I got to have good people around me good team members and, you know, everybody that works with me, wife, like family, friends, that's, that's Kenny support, you know, core support staff. Okay. Going forward, you're never allowed to say I ever again. I want you to refer to yourself in the third person. Right. No, forever. Right. I, I don't, I talk, it is a team. <laughs> like, this is what I talk about. No, I just, I want you to, instead of saying like, I'm hungry, I want you to be like, Kenny's hungry. Kenny's hungry. Okay. Okay. You're going to so, do that for me. hundred percent. Okay. I am um, very excited about So, this. you know, I wanted to control, I know I'm supposed to say I, Kenny wanted to control his you. future and his destiny and how I could do things better for my clients, most importantly, and my family at the end of the day, you know? And how are you going to do things better? Like, what are you implementing? What is the vision you have? So like if you and I, when we see each other at a conference three years from now, and you're so happy 
everything is going amazing. What will have happened between now and then for you to be that happy? You got to have a work-life balance. You got to, you know, I've got a 13-month-old. Before it was Kenny, and then it was Kenny and his wife, and now it's Kenny and his 13-month-old. So you've got to factor that in. I don't want to not be there for him and my family. So you, you got to balance that. Um, okay, so work-life balance. 100%. What um, else? Working, work smart. Like I want, like I'm big on processes, procedures, doing the same thing, you know, the same way efficiency. People think, well, you're just, you know, a solo guy. Like you don't need this practice management software. You don't need this. You don't need this, you know, whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not just about Kenny being solo. It's about build. Like I want to build the foundation correctly from the beginning and put everything in place. So when it's the small firm, Kenny, to it's a big firm, Kenny, like we're not fixing those problems or trying to create those policies and procedures and, and work plans and things when I have a crisis because now I'm like, oh, it's too big and, and I don't know what to do. Like, no, 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 no. We built that day one. Now, did you implement a case management software already? I did. I did. Which uh, one? Smart Advocate. Okay. I went okay. with Smart Advocate and um, it's been good. Yes. I think they're all a pain. I mean, to be quite frank, I mean, previous life I had, experience with Favine and Lee Docket and things like that. And then you've got the big boys that play with Litify. And yeah, because you have to implement and it's a necessary evil. So you implemented the case management software. You got a website up and running. Are you thinking of the future? So remember, three years from now, right? So you have work-life balance and you mentioned you have processes and procedures in place. Have you started writing out your standard operating procedures, your processes? When you onboard people and when, you know, you hire people, you've got to systematize that. So you do it once and it's, it's probably going to be overkill the first time of having the processes and procedures of how you do that and what's expected in the job description and everything. But once you put the effort in for that one, the next ones work a lot better. Are you, what tool are you using for all that? Uh, well... I don't know yet. I mean, I do, but I don't. Um, so I use Trainial. Yeah. Jen uses Trainial that, as that's, well. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah. But even that, it, it you got to build it out. So it's- Oh, it's a pain it's, in the butt. It's a pain. So you, but then you'll, okay, what I always remind myself is I can either do this now or do it every single freaking time that I hire 100%. someone. And I don't want to have to do that every single time. So you just do it once. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying. Like, it's probably overkill for a small shop, but- I'm not thinking small shop. I'm thinking down the road. Let's get it right now. So as we grow and as we move forward, it works. You know, that that's the thing on everything. Like, let's overkill it now when we can get it right, get the processes and procedures in. And then as we grow, our systems are in place. So what are you prioritizing right now? Because you still have cases, right? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I still have, I have the docket. Of, and a 13-month-old and a wife. Priority number one is my current client's we've got to do a really good job for them. And that's why I've been successful. That's what I've done because we've achieved really good results for, for those guys. Priority from there is how do we continue that growth and how do we continue, you know, I, 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 my book of business it has been so strong on repeat clients, personal referrals, referrals from medical providers, things like that. So I want to maintain that, but then reach out of that network because I'm, I'm convinced and, and it has, my track record has shown that, we do a really good job for our clients and they're, you know, we get great results and those clients refer us their mother, their brother, their sister, everybody. So if I can get someone outside of my personal network, 
that person then re- becomes a referral partner that we some somebody I didn't have any you know relationship with that you know John Smith that found me on the internet Instagram TikTok whatever it may be when we represent them and we do a great job for them they then become that referral partner so that's how I think it can grow exponentially got it what has been the most unexpected thing that has happened since you started your firm it's expensive you're hit left and right from vendors, from, you know, everything. And I, I think feel that, attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I mean that. I mean, whether it's, it's probably cost prohibitive. I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing that people in my situation struggle with is making the leap and, and going all in because it, there's just so many factors that you've got to put together. And it's not only knowing what to put together, you know, you know, you need a number, you know, you need a website, you know, you need all these things, but like you got to write the check for them. Right. You know, so that's the, that's the big, I think, barrier to entry. Did you, nobody wants to talk about. Did you get funding? No, I mean, I I did it myself. You know, thankfully I've, I've done well and you just, you stack some money away and you just go in, you know? So you're in a smaller market. So for, a lawyer that wants to start his own firm in a market comparable to yours, how much money would you suggest that they have put away? You probably got to at least have a year's worth. I mean, at a minimum, maybe two. That's a hard, that's a hard question to answer. Um, You gave me a lawyer answer. It is. It depends. We talked about it earlier. I know we did. I should have named the podcast. It depends, but that's (laughs) neither here nor there. I feel like, especially in the PI space, lawyers can be in a unique situation where they're an employee, but because they're getting a percentage, they are making all this money, but they don't have any expenses. And when they go out on their own, now they're faced with, oh shit, I got to pay all this money, right? So initially, I assume it's a pay cut. When you're an associate somewhere, you know you settle a case, you get paid. You know what you're going to get paid. It's simple. It's math. But when you go out on your own, you've got to think, I've got to get paid, but I've also got to pay my team. I've got to pay my rent. I've got to pay my light bill. And and you also got to factor in, what do I budget for marketing? How do I continue, you know, to tell other people, like, what I do and why I do it well? So there's a whole lot of other expenses that you've got to, you know, factor in. And Is it scary? Yeah. I mean, anybody would be lying if they told you no. I mean, of course it's scary. But it's scary... But when you surround yourself with good people, mentors, business coaches, you know, whatever it may be, and go based on a track record of success and knowing like, look, I did it. I can do it. I mean, it, it, you know, when you, when you look at it like that, you're like, I got this. Like, it, you know, you can do it. Anybody, anybody can do it if you are determined and you work hard and surround yourself with good people and always put your client first. I think anybody can be successful. You're really, really big on putting the client first. Where did that stem from? Because I hear you say it and I believe you. If I do a good job for this particular client and put them first, it's going to pay off tenfold. Because if I do a good job and achieve a good result, like they're going to tell their friends and their family and their mothers and their brothers and sisters, like, man, I was in a bad spot. And Kenny and his team, they 
picked me up. They helped me. They did the right thing and turned a bad situation into a good one. I tell people all the time, like, the, I hate that it takes, you know, a car crash or a worker's comp injury or something like that to bring us together. You know, the, I want the day that we meet to be the worst day. And the day when, you know, we get the case settled or, we, you know, we get a verdict or whatever it may be, that's the best day. And when we, we part ways, like, I can look back and say we made a difference in that person's life and like took them from a bad situation, made it better. And, you know, if we do that, it's going to pay off. It's they're going to tell their friends and family that, you know, we did a good job. Absolutely. And I love how you said earlier, if you just think about one thing, which is doing the best job for the client everything else is going to follow because you're going to set up your whole structure around that, right? What do I want my intake to be like? What what processes do I need in place to make sure that the client is treated a certain way every single time? Yeah, Everybody wants to talk about intake because intake's a big deal. I mean, it is. And, you know, lots of your guests, you've got great guests that have come on here and talked about intake. Problem that, that we have, and I think that firms have too, is, is client communication. Oh, like, that's huge. It's huge. And I'll be the first one to admit, I struggle with it. But you know, you've got to communicate with the clients and, it, and it's hard. It really is. When, when you're building a, a, a practice and you're growing and you have lots of clients, it, it's difficult to maintain that client communication. So what are you doing to ensure that you are maintaining the client communication? I think your practice management software can help you with that. I think that you've got to spread it amongst your team. You've got to, you know, put reminders on your calendar and, and the practice management software can trigger you every, you know, so many days, 14 days, 30 days, whatever it may be. And a lot of times it's literally Kenny, like going down, you know, my list of cases, texting my clients, just saying like, Hey, is everything okay? Just checking in. You make your doctor's appointment. How you feeling? How's your day? Like that's so important because I think people lose cases and lose clients because of lack of communication. And yes. a lot of people, it's the like, number one complaint, I believe. I think so. It is. And it's the number one complaint because I also think it's probably one of the hardest things. It really is. If I'm being honest with you, it's hard to stay on top of it. And it's it's a struggle, but it's it's imperative. It, it's so important. And it means a lot to me. I preach it. I say it. I teach it. Like, that's what we got to do. We've got to maintain client communication. Have you also thought about the culture that you want to create at your firm? Yeah, I did. You know, I have. It's, and that's, that's huge. You've got to have a culture based upon teamwork, a rising tide floats all ships. Like we have to build each other up and it's not, I mean, it goes back to when I was playing football. There's no I in team. Like it, it, we, we win and lose together. We all, we're a part of it together. And I think in, you know, surrounding yourself with people and, and team members that share the same vision and passion for customer service and client satisfaction is, is, is the most important thing. What are you most excited about? I like a challenge. It's always been a challenge. I like, I fix things that, you know, I always, I'm always looking for a challenge and this is definitely a challenge. It, it really is. And I think that I look forward to our conversation a year from now. Me too. So we come back and we say like, you know, what have I done? Where, where have I failed? Where have I succeeded? The first case I ever tried, I lost. And, you know, my partner at the time told me, he says, we, you know, it's okay. You don't have to worry about your winning record. And it's, you learn more or you learn a lot and maybe more from your failures. And, and oh, you, absolutely. you've got to recognize think. where you went wrong and what you did wrong and, and learn from that. And, and that's what makes you stronger. I think you have a great mindset. I really, really do. I think you have the right mindset 
for what you're about to embark on. And what I want to do with Kenny is kind of follow him throughout the years. And so, so let's start with a few questions. How many active cases do you currently have? Right. I hover right around 150. And out of those 150, how many have you generated um, once you started the firm? We're probably 15 a month. So 15 a month. Oh, that's a, you know, 10 to 15. How are you generating those 10 to 15 cases right now? Right now, all personal referrals. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, client, former clients, personal relationships, medical providers, friends, family. You know. That's amazing. No, it, it is. How many employees do you have, if any? One, I have a paralegal, my main man. I mean, he's, Scott, he's fantastic. And then, you know, I, I've, I have some like outside help, you know, fractional, whatever you want to call it, you know, marketing kind of things. It's good. You're excited? Very, very excited. Now, besides the expenses, what is your biggest challenge right now? Like, like what are you struggling to work on? Biggest challenges is balancing Kenny the lawyer versus Kenny the business owner. I think that's the toughest part about what you guys do, hands down, because it's really hard to be really good at anything. It's really hard to be really good at one of those two things. Yeah. And what you're trying to achieve is to be, continue to be a great lawyer, but also be a great business owner. And it's your first time owning a business, correct? Correct. Yeah. You know, that's the tough part because I mean, at the end of the day, from start to finish, I'm a lawyer and I've got clients that I've got to answer to. That's priority number one. But at the end of the day, like I'm running a business too. So it's tough. It really is tough, but it goes back to surround yourself with good people. When you think you're the smartest person in the room, that's when you fail. Like you got to learn from others, you know? So that's probably the toughest is the balance between owner, lawyer. Do you think it's going to be worth it? hundred percent. hundred percent. Zero doubt. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was worth it. Like, well, Why do you think lawyers hesitate to do it? I think there's a lot of lawyers that want to go out on their own. Complacency, maybe. Risk. I mean, it's risky. I mean, like, you don't want to be the person that says, I'm going on my own. And then eight months later, you're like, well, that didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, well, see, Bob Simon and I talked about this and like the way that he expressed it was, who cares? Like, that's like the worst case scenario is you fail and just go back and work for someone else. Like, who gives a shit? Like, that's actually not that big of a deal. Right. It's, that's what I'm saying. Your question was, why don't people do it? Right. That's, that's, I think, the fear they have, but you're right. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, like you might realize, I'm not saying you, but someone might realize, you know what? I don't want to own a business. You know, like this is just not what I enjoy doing. Right. And then you go back and now you got that out of your system. And like, now, you know, I forget what podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about the biggest regrets that people have had. And one is not taking action on something like something they didn't get to do. And it really wasn't any sort of failure. Like that wasn't one of the reoccurring themes. Oh, I failed at this. I took this risk and it failed. It, the regret was always, I didn't Yeah, do I mean, that's the thing. Like somebody told me once upon a time, like there's, there's no better day than today. Like you should have done it earlier. Like, you know, so like do, if you're contemplating it, do it. Take the leap, make the jump. So right now, like what does a day in the life of Kenny look like? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it goes back to that 
business owner, you know, So walk lawyer. me through it. Well, okay. Uh, try to get to the gym. I normally at the office 8.30-ish, probably 8.30. But I'm normally up at 4.30, respond to emails, you know, work on cases, do things early, go to the gym, then get to my office 8.30. And then I'll probably get my office till probably 7, 6.30. I mean, because there's a lot, like it goes back to lawyer owner. Like, so I've got to, you know, compartmentalize my day of, I'm going to do this as lawyer, Kenny, this as business owner, Kenny. And it's tough. I mean, it's tough. It's a, it's, it's a struggle when you're doing everything. And that's what, if you read any of the books, you listen to any of the smart people out there, you've got to get people in place to delegate that stuff to. And when do you plan on getting more people in place? Like yesterday. I mean, so like, you're looking. Yeah, I'm looking. And, and, you know, we want people, we need people, we want qualified people, we want team players, we want, you know, smart people, young and hungry, people that, that share the same vision and passion that, that I've got, like for growing and for helping people and doing the right thing. So, if anybody out there looking for a job, <laughs> call me, email me. Call Kenny. Yeah. 855-GO-KENNY. There you go. What are your top three priorities right now? Number one is surrounding myself with amazing team. I need that believe in what I believe in. Number two? Uh, priority number two is marketing. But are you scared to market? Let's talk about that. And what are your plans? I'm a small fish, you know, kind of, I am what I am. And You're small fish trying to get big fish cases. Exactly. Yes. And don't let that sound like we can't handle the big cases. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's oh, just. Oh, no, no, no. I know you can't. It's not. Right. It's, it's just that the. Um, you're competing gotta, with a big you're, fish. You're competing with, you know, the 900 pound gorilla, whatever you right. want to call them. And I believe that, that, that there's plenty of work and cases and, and, and things for everybody to, to do a good job and, and to, to make a good living and, and do right for their clients. There's plenty. No, you have an abundance mindset. Um, Absolutely. You do. Yes. And, you know, but I think where I can succeed is you got to be strategic. You got to be smart. You got to be nimble. You got to be, you know, sometimes when people get too big, they forget about small things and, and, and avenues that w where we can take advantage of. And I think being strategic and, on a limited budget is great. I mean, it's an advantage. And so an what's going to be your first marketing channel? Nowadays, you got to go social. That creates its own vibe of, you know, weirdness because it's like, wait, like you got to be vulnerable. You got to put yourself out there. Like you worried about looking like an idiot and you're like, you know, but you got to just do it and oh, I feel go you. all in. I want to be able to spread awareness of what we can do to help people. And if somebody says I look like an idiot, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I'm sure know? someone has said that at some point. Oh, everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, so. but, but you're like, you know, I'm just trying to get in front of more people to say we can help you. Absolutely. So one of the things that helped me as a person, this was many, many years ago. I don't know where, who told me this or where I read it or heard it, but someone said, not everyone's going to like you. 100%. And I think that if you already know that, I thought it was like the most liberating thing. I'm like, wait, oh, cool. I am totally okay with that. Yeah. And I think it just really applies to social media because if you already know I'm not going to be for everybody, then it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. You can't please everybody. You no. can unfollow me, unlike me, you can do whatever you want. And like, if you're worried about like somebody you went to elementary school or high school laughing at you, making fun of you, they're not going to hire you anyway. 
Right. You know what I mean? They so were like, not going to hire you in the first place. They were not going to hire you in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, I got a great group of friends, great group of people and clients and family and friends that support me and have, you know, been there for me. So I'm not worried about that. Like, I got my core group of people that know who Kenny is and know that we do a really good job and care about people and do the right thing. And, you know, I, I don't want to say, like, you're supposed to do the right thing. So that sounds like cliche kind of, but like, you know, we, we mean it and we do it. And what's number three? And number three is the processes and procedures, because if your team works, your marketing works, then you've got to have the ability, the function, the procedures, the processes to scale that. I mean, I think scaling is a really hard thing for people when you start to grow and, you know, the double, you know, every time you double, it presents more problems and, and being able, and I think a challenge for me is, is with the scaling mindset is. Kenny's a doer. Kenny's a fixer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm hands on. I want to like fix the problem and make it right. So you can't do that as you scale. So it's, it's a challenge that I recognize that you've got to take a step back and put people in place to handle different aspects of my practice and, and, and things like that. So I, it's a challenge, but that's a goal is to be able to delegate those tasks to competent, smart people that share the same vision that we do to move you know, this thing forward. And how are you going to hold yourself accountable? Because I hear everything you're saying, but I kind of equate it to parenting. Like everyone's like the best parent until they have children. So everything you're saying makes perfect sense, but now implementing it, is going to be rough. So how are you going to hold yourself accountable? How have you been holding yourself accountable? Um, you you got to be honest with yourself. You got to look in the mirror every morning and say like, you know, am I, what, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing right? More importantly, surround yourself with good people to hold you accountable. You have friends that are, that have really large firms. How did you become friends with these people? It goes back to what we talked about earlier. Don't be scared. Like you have to get out there and ask for help make connections, talk to them. And, and I think that I see the potential for me and what we can build this into. When I look at my friends like Mike Morris and Jen Gore, Digger Earls, like all good friends of mine, I see what they've done. And all of those that I named have been over backwards to help me and, and want to be there to support me because like I recognize the success that they've had and what they've done to do the right thing and build their firms and practice. I think they recognize the potential in me and to what they can look back and say, man, I can help Kenny. Like he can do great things too. And I want to help him. So I'm honored. I'm humbled. I'm blessed. It's amazing. I can't thank them enough. The client is at the center of every decision Kenny makes. By implementing systems and processes, each client gets the same service. Building a stable foundation may take more time on the front end, but can save time and energy in the future. New firm owners should not be afraid to ask for help. Almost everyone has something to teach. Often, the best lessons come not just from the successes, but from mistakes. Ask about both. When pulled in a million directions, Kenny returns to three main priorities to move the firm forward. Building a team with shared values so he can delegate. Marketing to expand his book of business beyond his personal referral network. And implementing systems so as the firm scales 
it happens the right way. Thank you so much to Kenny at Kenny Habits Injury Law for everything he shared today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show. Catch us next week on Tip the Scales with me, Maria Monroy, president of LawRank. Hear how the best in the business broke out of limiting beliefs, overcame adversity, and built a thriving, purpose-driven business in the process. <music>